You've got this, gonna rock this Ain't nobody gonna stop you from living the life that you choose You're confident, you're fearless Don't question your spirit You're the only one who's gotta walk in your shoes You've got the tools, you're not alone You've always been your baby's home Bring them into the world in your own Bring them into the world in your own Hey there, welcome back to the No Fear Home Birth Podcast. Today you are going to hear episode number nine. You'll hear from a mom of two, Shauna Parisi, share her wildly different birth experiences. In this episode, we talk about changing providers late in pregnancy, twice, (laughs) precipitous labor, and spirituality in birth. I'm your host, Megnar Cooper, and before we get into Shauna's birth stories, I'm going to answer a listener question about losing confidence in your ability to give birth at home late in pregnancy. Now, without any further ado, let's get into this week's question. It's from Yasmin, who writes, I'm almost 35 weeks pregnant with my third pregnancy. I've given birth twice before, once in the hospital and once at home. We're preparing for our second home birth. Well, Sunday night, we ended up in the hospital for bleeding. They ruled out the scary stuff and the baby looks great. I've spent the last four days resting at the suggestion of my midwife. But now I'm struggling with the what ifs and the whys. Home birth is a lot of mental preparation and I feel like I've lost all my confidence. I still want a home birth, but I'm feeling really beat up emotionally. So how do you get yourself back in the right headspace How do you remind yourself that you can do this? So thanks for that question, Yasmin. And before I answer, I'll just give my standard disclaimer that these answers and this podcast in general are for informational and educational purposes only, aren't a substitute for individual medical or mental health advice, and don't constitute a provider-patient or coach-client relationship. Also, this is just my take as one home birth professional, and I hope you'll seek out other perspectives and consult your own intuition as well. Jasmine, I love this question so much, and I'm so glad that you brought this forward because the listeners of this podcast are really going to benefit from this. You mentioned that home birth is a lot of mental preparation, and you nailed it on the head. It's all mental preparation. It, it really, everything stems from y- your mindset and how mentally and emotionally prepared you are to give birth. The physical, it's barely physical, like which seems totally opposite of what you would think when it comes to birth. But the reality is that your body knows how to physically bring the baby to the earth side, right? And so mentally, that is where you have to work. That's where you have to do a lot of preparation so that you're in the right headspace to, well, to give birth, basically. Now, with this scary event that you had in your third trimester, it is totally normal and totally makes sense that you would be feeling shaken up. 
and you would have lost some of your confidence because it's nothing that you were expecting and it maybe is nothing that has ever happened to you in the past would be my presumption. What's really neat for you, Yasmin, is that you have already had a home birth. You have already done it. You've already proven to yourself that, yes, you can absolutely do this. That is going to be your biggest asset in regaining your confidence. So you will want to spend some time thinking about your first home birth. If you have photos, I'm sure you do. (laughs) Look back at those photos. If you wrote out your birth story, read that birth story. Spend some time revisiting what that birth looked like, how it went for you, and how you felt about that. How you felt in the moment and also looking back, you know, how you feel about that home birth experience as a whole. All of that is going to be very powerful to get your mind back in the space where you know that you can do this because you're literally looking at the evidence that you've already done it, right? So that'll be really, really helpful. Talking to your midwife is crucial. Absolutely tell her that your, your confidence has been shake has shaken, right? Because she will be able to help guide you through that as well. Um, and it's a good for her to know because the better she understands your mental state, mental and emotional state, the better, she can be equipped to help you and support you during these last few weeks of pregnancy, but also during your birthing time as well. You know, I've said it a million times. In fact, you're going to hear me probably say these same things over and over again, but that's because you, you need to hear them. And these things are easy on paper, but they're hard to put in practice. So hard to put in practice. And it's, it sometimes feels kind of silly because it's so easy. Um, for instance, I know that my body needs, this is just a little personal anecdote here for a moment. Um, my body needs me to stretch every day. Like I get so tight and, and whatever. So I need to stretch every day. Stretching is very simple. It actually even feels good. (laughs) Yet I, so often don't do it even though I know I need to, right? It's one of those things where it's like stretching. Come on, that's easy. (laughs) But to put it in practice, it takes time. You have to build a habit around it. Okay. So I'm working on building that habit. And the same goes for your preparation for birth. You've got to build some habits in. Okay. One of those habits needs to be to practice speaking affirmations over yourself every day, every day, affirmations, affirmations, affirmations. Okay. You can write them out. You can read them. You can, you know, speak them. You can listen to them. Okay. When I was preparing for my home birth, I listened to a 40 minute audio of affirmations every single day. And I'm not saying that you need to spend 40 minutes a day, but you definitely want to spend some time. That one practice that I did was 
absolutely huge. And they, honestly, those affirmations brought me so, so, so much comfort, both in my pregnancy and during my birthing time. Because once I got to the birthing time, like I had listened to these so many times that, and and it was, you would listen to an affirmation and then you would speak it. So I would listen to it and then speak it. So I, I would do both, I suppose. And so those affirmations, of course, naturally came back to me during my birthing time and just made it easier for me to, you know, get through that wave that I was experiencing or, you know, push through whatever mental hurdle (laughs) was coming my way during my birthing time. And so that, that was huge, 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 huge. So I absolutely want you to be every day you know, doing some affirmations. And now with things being a little bit scary, um, you know, what I want you to think about is that when you first start doing your affirmations, your brain and is, go- is going to be like firing saying like, no, we should be scared. <laughs> we should be scared. This isn't what you're saying is not true. But that's again, why looking back at your previous, um, home birth experience is going to be very, very helpful. For those of you listening who don't have that, you're still going to go back to the affirmations and you're going to speak those, listen to those, however you want to do those. Okay. But in addition, you are going to want to do some fear release journaling. Okay. Because this has brought up in you some fear, of course, right? It, ha- it hasn't been said in this way exactly, but you had some bleeding. That was scary. So the question is, is baby going to be all right? Am I going to be all right? Am I going to be able to have this home birth? Right? Those are the questions, and there, there's fear behind those questions. Of course, that it makes so much sense. Of course there is. And so you want to be able to release that fear. So absolutely grab the fear releasing journal prompts. Those will give you some good questions to work through. And even if you've used those before, because I've mentioned these prompts on many episodes, right? Even if you've used them before for a different fear, this is a good time to pull them out and use them again, specifically related to this bleeding event that happened. And that will be, again, very helpful and therapeutic for you to work through as well. To submit your own question to be answered on the podcast, just follow the link in the show notes and listen up here, (laughs) y'all. I want your questions. This is your chance to get expert advice based on what is going on in your mind, right? What is happening? What are you thinking about? What are you preparing for? Are you considering home birth, but you're not sure? Are you pregnant right now and something's happening and you're, again, maybe not sure or scared or you've got some what ifs, whatever. Whatever is going on, I know without a doubt that you have questions that are coming up as you consider preparing for or as you prepare for your home birth. So please submit your questions by following the link in the show notes. Now let's get into this week's episode with Shauna. Hi, Shauna. Welcome to the No Fear Home Birth Podcast. 
Hi, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, I'm super excited for you to be here too. I know you've had two very different births and I'm just really excited to dive into that. But before we do, can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, who you are, your family, whatever you want to kind of share with us? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So um, my name is Shauna. I am 33 years old. My husband and I have been married since 2015. Um, we live in Newport Beach. So I'm originally from California. We live in Newport Beach, California. I was born and raised here. Like my fun fact in college when you're like introducing yourself was that all of my schools from preschool through college were within a five mile radius of the house that I grew up in. Um, and uh, my husband is from New Jersey. But the fun thing is, even though I'm kind of, you know, lived in the home bubble my whole life, my husband and I actually met um, studying abroad. So we did an amazing program called Semester at Sea, which is basically your semester abroad. But instead of being in a country, you're on a cruise ship and you go, you sail around the world, you take classes, visit 12 different countries. Um, And so that really like was what got me into travel at the beginning. So my husband and I met on that um, on that program and we got married. Um, and I actually, before we got married, obviously I told him he should just move out to California when we were first starting to date and we dated long distance for like six months. Um, and I was like, you should move to California. And he was like, okay. And I'm like, oh gosh, what if it doesn't work out? Like, what am I doing? Um, uh, surprise spoiler, it did work out. So, um, we've been married. We have two girls. Um, our first is three years old and our most recent, um, and our, our oldest one, her name is Delta. Um, and we chose that name because um, it means change. So Delta means change. And then also kind of a little play on travel. Um, a Delta is where two bodies of water come together. Um, and so that's kind of her namesake. And then our other daughter is four months old and her name is Atlas, um, like the world. <laughs> so you can kind of see we're a big travel family. Um I just kind of have always had this vision for my family um, before, even before I had kids, when my husband and I were first married, um, we're both entrepreneurs and um, I just kind of had this vision for our family that we were going to be a family of world changers. And I, we both kind of decided early on that everything that we do in life, um, whether it's with our businesses or our kind of extracurricular hobbies, if you will, um, that we were going to do everything that we could to, um, be world changers and help other people kind of do the exact same thing and, and have that for their life. So, um, hence kind of also the name for our, um, our two girls as well. So, um, we live in the most beautiful place in the world. In my opinion, I love California. Um, we literally live like steps from the sand. Um, actually they're probably out there right now. Cause I told them I needed quiet, <laughs> quiet time. So, um, they are probably out there. My husband and my, my daughters are probably out there right now. Now, but um, I absolutely love where we live, but we love to travel. Um, and I just am such a big believer that, um, time is the most precious gift that we have. And so I really, um, made the decision, um, to just kind of protect that and to make that, um, something that we get to choose how we live our day and how we get to spend our time. And so, um, funny story is right about a year before, um, COVID and the pandemic and everything, my husband and I both decided to take leaps of faith and start our own businesses, leave the W 
W-2 world, go full 1099, um, work for ourselves, start our own businesses. My husband has a consulting company and um, I have a health and wellness business and I partner with an amazing company. Um, And we decided that we were just going to do that and um, live life on our own terms. And it was a really scary, big uh, leap of faith, but we have absolutely loved what it's done for our family and um, the choices that it's allowed us. And we now get to travel whenever we want and just kind of, um, kind of, you know, decide how we spend our time. So, um, that is a little bit about us. (laughs) Oh my gosh, Shauna, I could literally, I think we could have an entire conversation for a whole episode on just that intro that you gave. (laughs) So many cool things. I, I love all of it. Um, and yeah, I guess we'll just leave it at that. A really yeah. cool intro and <laughs> awesome. I know. I, I warned you. I, I warned you. I was long winded, so I'm like, okay, cut to the chase here. You know, keep it, <laughs> keep it short. I totally get it. I am too. I could just talk forever. <laughs> Pretty sure. I love it. Kindred spirits. Love. Yes. Uh, okay. Great. Well, we're gonna focus on your second birth, primarily in this episode on your birth of Atlas. But can you tell us a little bit about your first birth, um, what you were planning during your pregnancy and what type of birth you were planning? And then some of the highlights of, you know, what did that birth look like for you? Yeah. 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 So I, um, I, found out I was pregnant. We actually didn't, um, it wasn't quite planned. It wasn't not planned, but it wasn't really quite planned. So it kind of took me by surprise. Um, when I found out that I was pregnant, um, with Delta and I honestly just didn't really have a lot of knowledge about birth, um, as probably I think a lot of people can relate to. Like you just get pregnant, you go to the doctor and you just kind of like follow (laughs) the plan. You just like, you go every month and they do all the things and you just kind of follow the system. And so that's what I did. I actually loved my OB, um, who was, we'll get into that, but who was also my, my OB through 32 weeks with my second pregnancy. Um, but I actually loved him and, um, I really loved his personality. We really got along great. Um, and so I just kind of was like, okay, well, you know, we'll just do the standard birth thing and like, I'll go into labor and we'll go to the hospital and, you know, just, I think kind of how everyone, like you pack your hospital bag and all of that. And so, um, I, um, you know, didn't really, I think in the back of my mind, I was like, oh, let's see how long I could go with like, without getting an epidural and then we'll just kind of see what happens. But I didn't go in, like, I didn't, I didn't even take a birth class. I took a, I took a breastfeeding class. (laughs) That was like, I'm like, that was what I was worried about. I'm like, whatever birth, like, but I'm like, you know, want to know about breastfeeding. So I didn't take any birth classes. I didn't do any prep work ahead of time. I didn't really, I wasn't really working on my mindset. I didn't really know that that even would play into it, to be honest. Um, and so anyway, fast forward, um, great pregnancy, easy pregnancy, literally like was not sick, was not tired. Like, unless I like, you could see that I was physically like pregnant. Like I wouldn't have even known like every, it was the easiest pregnancy ever. I was like, wow, this is amazing. I can't even believe this. Like my mom was sick with me, like literally until she gave birth with me. So that's what I was prepping for. And like, none of it happened. 
Um, I found out at 37 weeks that I had cholestasis, um, which for those of you who don't know, it's actually very, very rare, but essentially it's where your um, body cannot get rid of the bile um, that it creates and it, it cannot be filtered out. And so it just floats around in your bloodstream. And it's not super dangerous when you're not pregnant, but when you are pregnant and it's called intrahepatic cholestasis of pregnancy, ICP, um, it's ex- extremely dangerous for the baby and um, can result in stillbirth if it's not caught and treated um, and and likely uh, you're induced. And so I found out at 37 weeks, which honestly, thankfully, um, there's a lot of people you you typically don't find out until you're... um, in your, it really presents itself in third trimester and how it presents itself is typically itchiness of the hands and feet. And so I wouldn't have even known about this had I not gone to lunch with a girlfriend who also had cholestasis and she was telling me about it, how she woke up one night and she was so itchy and da da da, da. went in for blood tests, found out she had it. Fast forward, I start getting itchy, not so much, a little bit on my hands, not really on my feet, but it was like the back of my shoulder, the back of my knee. I thought that I had developed some sort of like pregnancy induced like allergic reaction to like my detergent my laundry detergent or something and so I called my doctor and I said look I heard about this weird thing called cholestasis I'm sure like I I just maybe I should get tested and he's like yeah it's probably not what it is but like yeah let's do a blood test anyway find out um I'm positive I have cholestasis and um go in for my appointment and he goes, I'm going to want to induce you at 39 weeks. He goes, in the meantime, we're going to get you on this medication that helps your body break down and eliminate the bile. Um, If symptoms get worse, like we're going to need to do like an emergency induction or, you know, emergency C-section or whatever, but I'm going to plan to induce you at 39 weeks. We're going to watch your numbers. So I had to have my blood drawn like twice a week to just keep an eye on my numbers. My numbers were actually fairly low to mid range um, on the scale that they have. And so, um, you know, looking back on it, I would have said they were probably on the lower end, but who knows? Like I didn't know. And it's actually a very, very dangerous thing. So I was like, okay, I'm okay with being induced. My family from my husband's family from the East coast was flying in. I was like, honestly, like induction is kind of nice. Like, you know, I get to like have a vaginal, hopefully vaginal birth, but like also get to plan it like it was a C-section. So I was like, Ooh, this could be like kind of cool. And so I like went into it knowing nothing. No, I had no idea about like a cascade of intervention. Like I had no idea about any of that. And so, um, I went in, I had to, um, uh, I did a cervical check at like 38 and a half weeks and I was like two centimeters dilated. Um, and then a couple days before I was induced, he asked if I wanted a membrane sweep. And so I was like, you know, yeah, like, let's see if we can get things going on its own. If not, whatever, I'll go to be induced. And so when I went into the hospital to be induced, I was already four centimeters dilated. And, um, I do think that that really, helped not make things go in a very different direction. Um, so I went in, I got started on Pitocin, um, at our, our hospital out here, when you're induced, you check in at midnight. <laughs> Why would they would do that to like an about to be new mom and like check you in at midnight. So you're up all night. I, not ideal. So by the time I get in, <laughs> yeah, by the time I get in and, and start Pitocin, it's 2am. Um, they started, I don't feel anything. They're like, wow, you're having a lot of contractions. I'm like, really? Cause I don't feel anything. I didn't have the epidural at that point. Um, and so by about eight 30 in the morning, they come in and they're like, okay, we're going to break your water. And I was like, oh, okay. That's how we do things, I guess. So they break my water. Um, and then I'm, that's when I feel the contractions. I'm like, holy crap. First of all, I thought you felt contractions like in the top of your stomach. Like I wasn't expecting them to feel like the worst period cramps of all time. <laughs> um, 
I had no idea like what to even expect. And so I was like, wow, this is not the kind of pain that I thought it was going to be. And it ramped up so fast. Like it was like one after another, after another. So that happened about 9am. Um, I got, I got the epidural at 11am and then you're just sitting there, right? Like I was on the birth ball, whatever. Like, and then I was just sitting there. I had a doula. I actually did hire a doula, um, for, to be there at the hospital with me because I wanted an advocate in case I couldn't advocate for myself. Now I didn't really know at that time, like what I would necessarily want to advocate for. For me, it was kind of like a C-section protection. So if they came in and all of a sudden they were like, for whatever reason, we need to do a C-section. I wanted somebody to be there to give me my options and say, like, Hey, is this my only option? Do I have other options? At that point, I had no idea about Pitocin. I had no idea about you know, like, I mean, anything like I knew I wanted delayed cord clamping. That was about it. But I had no idea about giving Pitocin after to help deliver the Pocilena. I had no idea about cord traction. Like I didn't know about any of that. Like that wasn't what she was there advocating for me for, because I didn't really know about any of that. It was more so like a protection potentially against a C-section if that's the way it needed to go. So she was there. She was great. She helped, um, in a tremendous way. Like, you know, she was kind of helping me get into different positions with the peanut ball, obviously. Obviously, like I can't really move because I've got the epidural. So she's helping me about that. Um, doing that, um, uh, five, about 5 PM, they come in, they check me and they're like, all right, you're ready to go. You're ready to push. And I'm like, Oh really? Okay. Um, and so I start pushing and pushing and pushing. And at that point I'm, I'm in pretty good shape. Like I worked out like hit workouts until 39 weeks. Like I'm in good shape, but I was gasping for air. Like it was like the most intense workout I had ever experienced. And so they give me oxygen like during the contractions. And of course, you know, it's take a deep breath in, hold, push for 10 seconds. And you have to do that twice in the same contraction. And I'm just like gasping for him on my back. I feel like an elephant is sitting on me. Like, like I, I honestly felt like I was in an inverted position. Like I felt like I was kind of like in the Trendelenburg where like my head was lower than my feet. Um, that's just like the way I felt. That's what I remember. I was pushing for 45 minutes. Nothing, nothing, nothing. They're basically saying, we see her head come down during the contraction when you push and then you stop pushing and her head goes back up and down and up and down and up. So at that point, I take a break from pushing. My doctor comes in and they um, see that baby's heart rate is accelerating. My heart rate's accelerating. I've got a fever. And so they're like, we're starting you on antibiotics. There's some sort of infection in there. And I'm like, what the heck? Like an infection? Like how, where, how did that even happen? Of course, I'm not really like paying attention. So I'm like, okay, fine, whatever, do whatever. So I start pushing for the second round. Same things happening, same things happening. And he goes, okay, here's our option. We can do a vacuum extraction or we can go in for a C-section. And I was like, as soon as I heard C-section, I was like, nope, vacuum extraction. And so he's like, okay, well, let me tell you the risks of vacuum extraction. And I'm like, okay, well, this is what I'm choosing. Like, you know, let's, let's go, go for that. So I start pushing and he puts the suction on her head and I push and he pulls and the suction comes off and he puts it on again. I push, he pulls, the suction comes off and he goes, you have one more try. We're only legally allowed to put the, put the, um, the vacuum on her head three times. If it comes off, we're going to a C-section. And again, when I heard that, I was like, well, then I am pushing my guts out because like I'm getting her out right now. 
And so the last and final time they applied the, he applied the vacuum, um, she was born. Her head came out first. I, I don't even, honestly, I don't even really know if it was like one, two contractions. Like, I don't know. I felt her head come out. Um, he had actually stopped my epidural before the second round of pushing. So I actually felt like everything at that point felt the ring of fire head came out body came out everything came out <laughs> um and and everything you know everything was fine I had a um a first degree tear that required three stitches felt all of that that was glorious I think that was actually more painful than like you know feeling her come out I was like are we done yet with these stitches um so I had three stitches the biggest thing that I can remember after that birth was I was so swollen. Like I blew out all the blood vessels in my eyes. My face was huge. Like I just, I looked like I got punched in the eyes. Everything was like black and blue blood vessels. My face was puffy. My body was puffy. I just felt so swollen. Um, of course, healthy baby. Like I was so grateful for that. Like whatever. The funny thing is, is for about a year after I had Delta and I would like share a little bit of my birth story, I didn't view that birth story as traumatic by any means. I actually was like, the induction was great. Like I was only in labor for like less than 12 hours. You know, I, I, I really counted labor from like when I started feeling contractions. So like, you know, 11 a.m. or whatever. I was like, I was in labor for less than 12 hours. Like, you know, I pushed for two. People were like, wow, you only pushed for two hours? I pushed for four. Wow, that was great. Like, I was like, yeah, like, I would totally do an induction again. Like, <laughs> I had no clue. And then once I started learning about it, like, you know, for my second birth, I was like, oh my gosh. Like, I literally saw the cascade of interventions happening in every single stage. Now, mind you, like, I fully agree that I should have been induced with cholestasis. Like, that is a, a very, very dangerous. It wasn't, you know, like the induction of like, oh, it looks like your pelvis is too small. Like we need to do this or like whatever. Like I, I truly believe, and I, I believe to this day that I did need to be induced. However, I also saw like the whole cascade of interventions happen because of that too. So, um, yeah, that was, so that was, that was birth number one, which was, um, you know, it went as well as it probably could have for the circumstance that I was in, I guess, if that makes sense. Oh yeah, absolutely. So then, um, it's so interesting too, that you mentioned that for the last, you know, for a year or so after you described, you, you, you even said, I would totally have an induction again. And then (laughs) you, (laughs) yeah, no, I was like, I was like, this is great. I'm like, I planned her birthday like, you know, like literally I was like, this is great. That's so, okay. So, so interesting. And so then, um, how, and when did you start to learn more about birth and when did you recognize that you had been through the cascade of interventions? Um, about 35 weeks pregnant with my second. (laughs) Um, I, Ah. (laughs) yeah, so it was not like a, um, you know, I think, I think what led to it was, you know, I started my health and wellness business the year before my daughter was born. And basically ever since then, so, you know, the last, you know, four years or so, um, I've just been learning a lot about, 
health and wellness and how your body's meant to function and just more holistic alternatives. And, and I think that was kind of the catalyst of what got me looking into it. But in terms of birth specifically and like how your body's meant to function in physiological birth, it wasn't until I took, um, I took a birth course called pain-free birth that, um, that really opened my eyes. And so I, I actually started that course. I must've been actually, no, it it was probably about 33 weeks. So my second pregnancy, I was with my same OB until 32 weeks. Um, I was doing a lot more research up until that point. I was pretty like, you know, like when the glucose test came, I was like, wow, there are other alternatives. And he, you know, he was like starting to make, like I was catching on. (laughs) This sounds like kind of bad, but like, I felt like I was catching on to the game. You know what I mean? And so when I would question things, he would kind of come back with like snarky answers or like, and he's a very funny guy. So like some of it would like come back like kind of funny, but then I was like, no, 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 you didn't answer the question. And then it would just kind of be glossed over. And like less and less, I felt like this was where I needed to be the second time around. And so, um, at 32 weeks, I started this pain-free birth course and started learning about things and, and kind of was like binging it. Um, it's, it's fairly long, but incredibly informative, incredibly educational. Um, and the more I started like getting into it, the more I was like, Nope, I am not meant to have a traditional hospital birth with an OB. Like, so I told my husband, I was like, um, I was like, I think I want to make a switch. Um, now our hospital out here, the sister hospital, which is, so we live about a mile and a half from the hospital that I delivered at the first time. And the sister hospital is about 30 minutes from where we live. And they have a birthing center with a midwife group attached to the hospital. So I was like, I think that would be a better option for me. Um, because I don't want all of these interventions. I don't want all of these things. I, I think, and I, at that point I wasn't even like, Oh, natural birth a hundred percent. I was just like, I want a more holistic alternative to birth. I want to be with a midwife group. And so I transitioned out of my OB's care and into the midwife group at 32 weeks. Um, and I was like, I got there, went to like the first couple of appointments, like, you know, 32 weeks and then like 34, you know, or whatever. I don't even remember whatever it was. First couple of appointments. And I was like, oh, I'm home. (laughs) I was like this. These are my people. Like, this is where I'm meant to be. They were like, yep, we don't do coached pushing. You can labor in the tub. You can, you just can't give birth in the tub because they are technically still a hospital follow, following hospital like protocol when it comes to like, I don't know, probably liability or safety. So they're like, you can't birth in the tub, but you could literally like up until you start pushing, you can be in the tub. We've got all these things. It's all, they're all suites. They all have queen beds. They have like outdoor patio space, like super nice. And I was like, this is where I'm meant to give birth. So mind you, like before I even had kids, I had always loved the idea of a water birth. I'm like, that seems amazing, but I will never do that because I don't want pain. (laughs) So I'm like, I, but that sounds great. Like I would love to do that. I love the idea of it. Um, 
And so I was like, okay, well, this is great. Like, this is as close as I'm going to get to a water birth. I can labor in the tub. I just can't push the baby out in the tub. I'm like, this is great. So again, I'm, I'm still like going deeper into this course and more and more and more and more. And all of a sudden I just feel this tug of like, at that point I made the decision. I'm doing a hundred percent natural. I am not getting an epidural. I am not getting no medication, no nothing, no nothing, no nothing. And so I was like, I started to get this tug and I was like, you know what? If I'm deciding that I already don't want, like I want the least amount of interventions as as possible. I'm like, why am I not just giving birth at home? Like I'm basically, as my husband later described it, he was like, cause he didn't want to do it at home. Cause he was afraid of it not being safe and da 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 more on that later. But, um, he was like, well, this midwife, like the birthing center is great. Just think of it as you're giving birth in somebody else's home. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, I think you just made me want to give birth at home even more giving birth in somebody else's home. He's like, I think it's good enough. Like, you know, and I was like, no, I just, I feel like I'm supposed to do this at home. And now I was going through this birth course and like, I would pull him in on a couple of things, mostly because I found them fascinating. But I, he wasn't really following me. So for any of you who are listening who are like, I would love a home birth, but my husband would like say no or like not be down for it or whatever. My biggest advice is bring your husband into it with you because my mistake and it ended up working out, but I had gone through all this education and learned about the safety of home birth and learned about the physiological birth and all this stuff. And aside from just showing him a couple of like really cool things in this birth course that I just thought were like fascinating, he wasn't on that journey of education with me to know how this is supposed to be and how your body is supposed to birth and the safety of home birth. So when I spring on him (laughs) at 36 weeks, um, Hey, I want to give birth at home. He was like, what the actual F like, where did this come from? I thought you were happy with the birthing center and the midwives. Like, where did this come from? And so I basically had to like backtrack and bring him up to speed with me of like where I was. And by the time I did that and I like showed him the research and I, you know, showed him some medical journals of like the safety and, you know, efficacy of like giving birth at home and, you know, physiological birth and all this stuff. He was on board with me, but I should have been doing that all along. So side note of like a little piece of advice is like, bring your husband in on the journey with you of your decision to home birth, because that's going to set his mindset and his expectations up a lot better than just springing it on him at 36 weeks like I did. So, um, so anyway, um, so at that point I'm like, okay, I'm going to make the transition again out of this, the care of this midwife group and I've got to find home birth midwives. And so of course at 36 weeks, like I could basically go into labor at any time. Like, so I'm scrambling, like trying to find home birth midwives And, um, I, you know, a lot of them, most of them, pretty much all of them were like, nope, booked, 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 booked. Like, I don't have room to give, you know, to help you giving birth in like three weeks or, you know, whatever, potentially the next couple of weeks. And so, um, I ended up sending an email out to, um, uh, a midwife group or uh, two sisters, they're actually twin sisters, dose midwifery out here in Orange County in California. And they were like, you know what? We actually have a gap in our schedule and we would love to take you on. And, and, and mind you, the other thing was I had a couple of no's from midwives who said like, we're not going to take you on because we have, you haven't been in our care. Like this would be, 
for them, like, they're like, we don't know you. We don't know your birth history. We don't know any of this. And so, like, it's kind of too risky for us to just take you on and, like, hope that you're, you know, you are where you're meant to be. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like, I guess if that makes sense. Um, and so sure, yeah. um, these two sisters were like, no, we'd love to take you on. And we and I was like, please, like I every I was like begging everybody. I'm like, I want to make this happen for me so bad. Like I want a home birth so bad. Like, please work with me. Please work with me. And they're like, you know what? Like we can tell how bad you want this. Like we're done. Like we're, we're we will take you into our care. It was like God was 100 percent like knew exactly what I needed, who I needed. They were the perfect match for me. Like the, I could not have asked for better midwives. Um, one of the sisters is, um, a certified doula and midwife. And the other one is a certified nurse midwife. Um, she's actually a nurse practitioner in OB triage. Um, and so she actually works in a hospital setting and is also a midwife, which I was like, wow, that's like kind of a dichotomy there. Like, you know, of that, but my husband was super excited because he felt like, okay, we have somebody from like the medical side, um, there. And so I was like, yeah, but they're just like also perfect aside of that. So, um, so 37 weeks, I transitioned once again out of the midwife group and into my home birth midwives care. And, um, their first meeting with me was, I get, I don't know what you would call it, but what I called it was like the drop-off meeting where like they bring everything, like their whole bag of stuff. And they brought the, um, the birth tub and the hose and like, they literally were like, hi, it's so nice to meet you in person. Just in case you go into labor literally tomorrow, like here's everything. And so, um, it was like, you know, obviously a really speedy, um, a really speedy thing. And, um, that was kind of, yeah, that was kind of the decision of like starting with the OB and ending at my home birth midwives. Wow. That is an awesome story. I love it, Shauna. And I love that you changed providers, not once, but two (laughs) times and both of them in your third trimester, because I know something that comes up a lot for women is they start to learn more and more. And then they are like feeling the pull to maybe switch to a different type of birth or even just a different provider. And, but feeling like, there's not time or like, how can I do this? It's too late. Right. Um, but you're a perfect example of how it's never too late and you absolutely can and should change care if you are being pulled to do so. Yeah, absolutely. You know what? It really, it never is too late. Like there's going to be work involved. Like, trust me. I mean, we even have, you know, we're, my husband and I are, you know, self-employed. So we have like a co-sharing insurance. Um, it's called MediShare and it's, it's actually gaining more popularity, but anyway, it's a co-sharing thing. So I like, I spent so much time on the phone with like trying to figure out if they would even pay for it. Like home birth out in California is not cheap. Let me tell you, it is not cheap. And so I was like, Oh my gosh, like this is potentially like the decision I had to make was not only like putting a ton of work on myself and my husband, like trying to get it figured out with like the bills and the insurance and like how to transfer out. But then also like making the financial decision of like, there is a chance that our insurance at this point, like won't cover it because I've already been in the care of two other providers and, you know, they've already paid for a majority of that care. And so I basically had to come to terms with like, 
this is like, this is a financial chunk from us too, if we have to pay for this out of pocket. And so what I would, you know, what I would say to anybody who is like looking at transitioning out or like worried about that, you know, kind of piece is like, you can do it, but like make the decision and just go for it. Like, and don't look back and just, if you feel pulled to do that, like, a hundred percent do it. Just know that there might be a little bit of like hiccups and work, but I will tell you on the other side, it was a thousand percent worth it. Yes. Oh gosh. Okay. I know that I am really excited. I'm sure the listeners are super anxious to hear about your home birth story. (laughs) Yes. So, um, yeah. So, okay. I, um, so like I mentioned, I was induced at 39 weeks. So like, I had no idea like what type of, like when I would go into, I had no idea what natural labor felt like, what the signs would be. I had no clue what it would feel like. All I knew is I was in like a Facebook group and I had tons of people who would talk about like prodromal labor and like, you know, contractions starting and stopping. And like, I thought I was in labor and I'm not. And so, um, the last three no, about the last four weeks, um, I went to the chiropractor once a week. I did acupuncture once a week. Um, I was just like, I worked on my mindset a ton. I printed out, I actually created my own birth affirmations. Um, I set up to where I knew I would probably labor a majority of the time in our bedroom, um, because we don't have, we live by the beach, so we don't have AC, but like we need AC because it's just still hot. So our bedroom has our AC and I was like, I'm probably going to want to be in there. It's July. Like it's going to be hot. So I put my birth affirmations, um, with like twinkle lights, um, hung them up next to my bed, like my side of the bed, um, had the pool blown up, um, let's see, when did I, I I can't remember when I blew it up. I don't know. I blew it up at some point and I kept it in our, you know, my soon to be daughter's, you know, bedroom, her nursery. And I just kind of like kept it blown up in there. Um, I like hung lights from the ceiling cause we're, I was planning on, um, doing the birthing tub, like in our living room, kind of like the transition of like our living room into our kitchen. There's like a big open space where a kitchen table would be, but we don't have a kitchen table. (laughs) So we, um, so I set it up there. That was like the plan. I hung lights from the ceiling. I like got, um, uh, uh, like a frame with a picture in it that had the, um, Bible verse from Esther that says, um, perhaps this is the moment for which you were created. Like I had all the things, like I was ready, I was ready to go. And, um, I, let's see. So I went in to my 40 week appointment. So I was like, I didn't do any cervical checks at all. I was like, it's just going to happen when it's going to happen, blah, 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 whatever. My in-laws come out because I'm thinking I'm going early. Like, I'm like, I have, I just have a feeling I'm going to be like a week ish early. So they come out at like 39 weeks. The whole week goes by and like nothing. Like I think midweek, I felt like a few contractions, but there was like nothing. And so, um, I went into my 40 week appointment and I was like, I know I told you guys I didn't want any cervical checks and things would just come. But like at that point I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm dying to know. Like, I'm dying to know like where we are in this process. Like, are my in-laws going to go home? Like they had their tickets were booked for like literally five days later. I was like, Oh my gosh, like they're going to go home. They're not going to even like be here when this baby is born. And I was like, okay, so I just like, I have to know. And you know, at that point I knew I was like, it's not really going to mean anything, but like, I just felt like I needed to know. 
I don't know if that makes sense. So my 40 week appointment, she does a a check and she goes, um, she goes, Oh my gosh, you're about four and a half to five centimeters dilated. And I was like, no crap, really? Wow. That's pretty impressive. I was again, impressive. Like, what does that even mean? It doesn't mean anything. Literally. It doesn't mean anything. So I'm like, Oh wow. But I'm impressed with myself. Um, and she goes, do you want me to do a sweep? And I know a lot of people are like, Ooh, anti-sweep, whatever. I am of the belief that your body will go into labor when it's ready to go into labor, regardless of whatever you're trying to do. Like I was doing like spinning babies leading up to it. I was doing curb walking. Like I'm doing the inversion. Like I'm doing all the things right to like, in my mind, you know, chiropractor, acupuncture in my mind, to like get me ready to go. Like, and I know tons of people, Oh, I went to the acupuncture and like, I went into labor that night or like I did curb walking and I went into labor that night. I'm of the belief that like, None of that is going to make you go into labor. Your body's going to make you go into labor. Those, it probably was just a coincidence that it happened to be at the same time, right? So I was like, look, if I, my body's not ready to go into labor, if I do a sweep, it's not going to make me go into labor or not. Like, it's just whatever. So, Anyway, I opt for a sweep. And she goes, um, she goes, okay, well, we'll probably see you this afternoon. And I was like, what? Like, probably not. Like, that's weird. So anyway, so I go shopping and with my mom and my mother-in-law and I'm like kind of getting crampy. This is like, my appointment was at like noon. So I'm like kind of getting crampy, like still two to 3 PM. Like I'm, I'm getting more crampy, getting more crampy, but like nothing really, nothing timeable, nothing like felt like waves or anything like that. So we go to dinner that night and, um, we, I start to feel like a little bit more intensity, but still not timeable. So I'm like, oh, like I wouldn't be like, oop, and it's starting. Oh, and it's stopping. Like that's not how it was. It was more so of just like, ooh, this is kind of feeling intense. And then before I would know it, like I think like, oh, okay, now I don't feel anything for a while. And so we get back home. I put my daughter to bed at about. I don't know, 8.15, 8.30. And I remember sitting in her rocking chair and being and like having to like stop and like breathe for a second. And I was like, ooh, that was a contraction. But then it was like not consistent. And I was like, okay. So I put her to bed. I go out into the living room. I sit on the ball. I tell my husband, I'm like, I still feel stuff, but they're not really timeable. Like I can't, I can't pinpoint of like the contraction is starting. The contraction is stopping. There's a period of time in between. And then it starts again. Like it was just kind of like this ambiguous, like crampy feeling. So I sit on the birth ball. I FaceTime my friend. I'm telling her like, yeah, I kind of, this is like nine o'clock PM now. I'm like, yeah, I kind of like feel them now. Like, and she was like, dude, you're in labor. And I'm like, I don't think so. Like, I don't, I don't feel them like really coming consistently. Like I haven't really started timing them yet. And she was like, you're in labor. You're going to have this baby tomorrow. Now, mind you, this is July 6th. My husband's birthday is on July 7th. My due date is July 6th. And my husband, it was like this whole time on my due date was July 6th. He was like, oh, I really hope, of course, this baby's probably going to come on my birthday. I don't want to share my birthday. Like that means we're never going to get to go on a vacation. Like just the two of us for my birthday. Like, I'm like, okay, that's what you're thinking of. Um, and so she's like, dude, you're going to have this baby tomorrow. And I was like, my husband here is in the background. He's like, oh, my birthday. And so I'm like, oh, sorry, babe. Like that, this could be true. Like if I, if things keep progressing or whatever. And so at that time, like this is like nine fifteen, I hang up the phone with my with my friend, and like I go into our room, and I'm like, okay, I think I can start timing these now. So real quick, I didn't even have it downloaded. I download a contraction timer app, and I start timing them, and they're like fifty seconds long, and like 
four to four-ish minutes apart. And so my husband's like, well, should I call Tiffany and Taylor, my midwives? And I was like, no, like, let me just get a pattern here. Like, let me just see if there's a pattern. Well, within about 30 minutes, they go from 50 seconds long and about four minutes apart to like a minute and 15 seconds long and like two and a half minutes apart. And he was like, I think I should call them now. And I was like, okay, just like a few more minutes or whatever. This is like about 10 o'clock. And he's like, okay, he's like, and I'm like really starting to breathe through my, my parents, my in-laws are they're all in the living room, which they weren't like, that was never the plan, but they were like making brownies and like, I don't know what they were doing. But I told, I told my husband, I was like, okay, like things are definitely picking up. Like, I don't want anyone to be here. Like, can you just send them in? Let me just kiss them all. Goodbye. Like they can leave whatever. And so like the whole family comes in and I'm like, I'm like leaning over the bed in my bedroom. Like things are definitely like really picking up. Um, I felt the most comfortable position for me was either like over the birthing ball on our bed, like on my knees draped over the birthing ball or standing on the ground um, with my elbows, like leaning over the bed. At one point I tried to like lay on my side. I had a contraction and it like nearly sent me through the roof. I was like, nope, (laughs) cannot be in that position. Standing it is. Um, And so they all come in and um, right before my mom comes in, I'm on the bed and pop my water breaks and I'm like oh crap the first thing I think is like oh my god the bed's wet and so like I like immediately like jet off the bed and like fly back onto the hardwood floor and I'm like oh my gosh my water just broke like okay this is real so I remember my mom saying if your water breaks you're having the baby and I was like, oh my gosh, my water broke. I'm actually having this baby. My friend was right. I am in labor. Um, and so my, um, my water broke at, um, about 1030. And at that point, everybody had like, my whole family had like come in, like kiss me goodbye, blah, 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 whatever. They're, they're gone. And, um, I was like standing over the bed, um, and, puddle of water underneath me. And I remember telling my husband, um, like, Oh my gosh, like, is the water clear? Does it have a smell? And he's like, what? And I'm like, I'm like, no, no, no. Like, is it clear? Does it have a smell? Or we get like, I was so, you know, just like nervous about that. Cause I never had like, you know, my water had never broken before they broke my water last time. So, um, I, um, so I was standing over the bed water was like broken contractions picked up like so intensely at that point. Um, and I, like, I remember at one point I had a contraction that just like sent me to my hands and knees next to the bed. Um, and, but I just kept like reminding myself that like, these are good contractions. Like you want good, strong contractions. Like this is bringing your baby down. This is bringing your baby down. Um, I'm a super like tense, person. Um, and so I tend to like clench and tense when I'm uncomfortable or in pain. And so I just kept like telling myself like hands open, jaw open, like, you know, relax, like lean into it, let your body do what it needs to do. But that one contraction like sent me to my hands and knees and I was like, I felt nauseous and I was like, oh my gosh, like this cannot be transition already. I had heard like all these people saying like, if you get nauseous or you start throwing up, like you're probably in transition. I'm like, there's no way, there's no way this is already happening. And so, um, my husband comes in and he is like, okay, Tiffany and Taylor just got here. And I'm like, okay, perfect. I'm like, I need to get in that birth tub right now. Like I just heard everybody say what an amazing relief it is. Like once you get in that tub. And so he helped me walk out to the living room. I like see Tiffany and Taylor, like literally like close the door behind them. They literally had just gotten there. 
and they close the door behind them and um, they're like setting their stuff down. They seem pretty like rushed. Um, they're like kind of like unloading and like setting, you know, getting all set up and, and whatever. And I come out and like I'm holding my husband's arm and I go to put my foot in the birth pool. And first of all, I notice that it's like six inches full and I'm like, oh my gosh, you've got to be kidding me. Like it's not even full. I can't even get in it. I'm going to be sitting like barely up to my butt, <laughs> like in it. And, um, I put my foot in it and it has got to be 195 degrees. It is scalding hot. And I'm like, no, I'm like, this water is coming from our shower. Like this is why is it so hot? Like it can't be this hot. And so I'm like, oh, are you kidding me? And so I, my husband runs out to the garage and gets a, um, one of those, like our five gallon, like water jugs for like a water dispenser. And he runs back in and he starts dumping it in the pool in an effort to one, cool it down, but two, like get it full. So he's like in the middle of dumping it. And I'm like standing next to the pool and I go, Nope, no time. And I just like hit the deck, like drop to my hands and knees right next to the pool. And like the most intense contraction to date. And I, at that moment, like kind of just like zoned out. Like I remember people talking about, you know, like how I've heard it described as like the veil between you and God gets lifted, like during that point in labor. And it was like the most calm, peaceful, serene, probably was only like 15 seconds, but it kind of felt like a long time. Um, where I just felt like so close to God, honestly, like I describe it as like, it felt like God was about to like personally, like hand my baby to me, like introduce me to my new daughter. And it was like the most indescribable, extraordinary feeling. I can't, there really aren't even like words to describe what the feeling was at that point. Um, and I immediately like, feel another contraction and it snaps me out of it. Like of just that, it was almost like a dream. Like if you've ever had like an amazing dream and like something just like jolts you out of it, that's what it was like. It was this next contraction. And I, all of a sudden, like it wasn't even me, but I just yelled out pushing and my midwife like comes running over with Chuck's pads. She's throwing Chuck's pads like underneath my, I'm on my hands and knees. She's throwing Chuck's pads like underneath me. She doesn't even have her gloves on at that point. Like she literally walked in the door, both of them walked in the door like four minutes earlier. And, um, she, and I just like yelled out pushing and my body, it was a hundred percent the fetal ejection response. Like again, I've heard about it, had no idea what it felt like. My body was just like pushing this baby out wasn't even me. And, um, like basically at the point in time where I felt the ring of fire, it was over. Like the, the second that I was like aware enough to be like, Ooh, that kind of feels like the ring of fire. It was over. And her head was out in that contraction. Um, and at that, I could hear my husband behind me going, Whoa. (laughs) Um, and, um, at that point I was like, oh my God. And she goes, do you want to reach back? Like her head is here. Do you want to reach back and feel it? And I like reached back and I was like, oh my gosh, like I cannot believe this is happening. And I'm also like, wait, but this is like too fast. Like she's just like, 
you can't birth a baby this fast. Like it's probably, it can't be good. Like I don't want to tear, you know, whatever. So she goes, okay, just take like a few deep breaths. Like see if we can just kind of like slow this down. And I'm like, okay. So like, I'm like, you know, just kind of like, you know, trying to like slow roll it a little bit. And all of a sudden next contraction hits. And again, not even me, like my body just starts pushing and I'm like, sorry, can't help it. Like she's coming out. And like that second contraction, she was fully born. And, um, she, my midwife catches her and like passes her between my legs. And I just like hold on to her and I sit back on my, on my knees And I look over at this birthing tub, which I was supposed to be in. And I had this like, you know, remember like this whole, this, my whole, like, you know, before I even had kids, I'm like, I'm going to do a water birth. Like I would love to do a water birth. And like, here I am like this most like poetic, like hilarious, like God laughs at your plans moment of like, you know, I wanted this water birth and here this pool is like barely even filled next to me. And I'm sitting on the floor, like four inches away from this pool, holding my baby And it was just the most incredible, like indescribable experience ever. Wow. Oh my gosh, Shauna. So what, what time was your daughter born? So she was, oh yeah. So that was the whole, like, you know, the funny part about my husband being like, oh, we're sharing a birthday, blah, 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 whatever. So I started timing my contractions at 9.30 p.m., my water broke at 10:30 and she was born at 11:11. Wow. Oh my gosh. You were on the phone with your friend at nine o'clock and she's like, you're in labor. You're like, I don't know. No. <laughs> and two hours later you had a baby. <laughs> yep. Yep. It was insane. And I, I just remember like looking at the clock and being like, actually my midwife said it first. She goes, she goes, Matt looks like you're not having to share your birthday. And I was like, like I totally like remember I'm like wait oh my gosh I literally had this baby before midnight like what what even how did that even happen like but you know what I just it is just a true testament to like your body knows exactly what it's doing when it's doing it and you have no control (laughs) (laughs) right oh my gosh that is so cool such a great story Shauna Thank you so much. It was, uh, yeah, it was, it was awesome. And you know what? I would say like the after part of it was even the best part. Like I got to like stand up and walk to my own couch and like they laid out towels for me and like, you know, that I, you know, I delivered the placenta there and like, it was the whole rest of the evening was just so peaceful and so calm. And my, you know, like this whole time I thought, I guess I was going to go into labor during the day. I don't know. I thought I had like a lot of things thought out, I guess I'm a planner, but, and so here, my daughter, like I thought my daughter was going to go with my mom, like get her out of the house. I don't want her like anywhere near me. Like, I don't know what it's going to be like. And here she is like sleeping in the next room over. And like my husband and I are sitting with our brand new baby on our couch. Our older daughter is like sleeping in the bedroom next door. Like it was just literally the best. I mean, it was just the best. So much. Well, Shauna, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. It was wonderful. And you did mention that birth course, um, Pain-Free Birth. We'll link to that in the show notes as well. Yeah. I also, I mean, yeah, I also did the, um, 
the Christian hypnobirthing app. Um, I didn't mention that because I actually didn't listen to it during, I didn't do anything during, <laughs> I had all this planned out. I had a playlist planned out. I had like my Christian hypnobirthing app, like already set up. Like I had everything set up and like, I'm like, she's going to be born to this song. Like I like literally had this whole thing and it just happened so fast that I, none of that came to fruition, but I, it was, I had good intentions for it. <laughs> Right, right, exactly. Oh, funny. (laughs) All right, well, thank you so much, Shauna. Thank you so much. I appreciate you letting me come on and share my story, and um, I hope it gives some other mamas out there encouragement and just to show them that you can do this and that this is 100% um, you know, a possibility for, for you out there if this is what your heart desires. So if you want that home birth, go for it. That's our show, and I want to thank you for listening. If you found this podcast helpful, I'd be so grateful if you took a moment to subscribe, rate, and review it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. If you're struggling with fears, doubts, what-ifs, or creeping anxieties, you're definitely going to want to grab my fear-releasing journal prompts. Just go to the show notes to get them. Thank you to everyone that helps make this show happen. The theme song was written and recorded by Jody Good. I'm your host and producer, Megan R. Cooper. Thanks for listening. And until next time, stay fearless.